From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Everyone fails. It's part of life. Even Jesus failed to hold in his anger, whether toward the money changers in the temple or that out-of-season tree. Jesus had his share of failures. What's important is what we do after we fail. Did we learn from it? Or will we ignore our failures and continue to make the same mistakes? It's what we do after that matters most. Jesus chose to continue his failures by threatening all of mankind with eternal damnation. Don't be like Jesus. Fix your shit. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is Christian author Paul Joel. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm a, I'm a physician. Uh, I'm board certified in internal medicine and pulmonary. But I had uh, a, a very strange uh, childhood. Um, I, I never believed in God because uh, my parents uh, had a terrible time during World War II. My mother was um, the youngest in her family, and uh, uh, the Nazis came in, and she was five or six years old, and basically murdered and tortured everybody. Uh, and then she was on the street like an animal uh, uh, eating garbage for a couple of months until she was taken in by a Ukrainian family who hated Jews, by the way. She, she's oh. Jewish. Uh, but she hid the fact that she was Jewish. So she, she really had a, you know, a, a horrendous time with that. And my father was much older than she was. He, uh, he was married, had an infant son, came home from work one day, and the Nazis killed him, and he started running for his life. And he spent several winters um, hmm. with no shelter, uh, sleep in the snow, buy food, steal food, work for a week, go from place to place. And I had his immune system, which was like a gift from God, okay? I had this great immune system. And, and I have two sons, and when they were young, uh, they'd be in school, and one of them would get sick and promptly give it to the other one and give it to my wife, and all three of them would be hacking away. And um, they'd say, Dad, how come you never get sick? And I said, I get sick like everybody else. I'm a human being, okay? But I get sick for an hour. And then this immune system kicks in and kills everything. And that I knew about. That was, you know, it was very obvious. But um, one of the weird things is that um, apparently when I, you know, my parents really had no idea how to raise a kid. But still, here I am three, and I never saw a pediatrician, hmm. okay? And I wasn't saying any words. You're supposed to be able to say two words with meaning by the age of one. Hmm. Usually some form of mama, dad, dad, I know who's who. So I'm three years old, I'm not saying a word. But I have this great memory, okay? So uh, this is 71 years ago. And so uh, a friend of theirs said, hey, maybe he needs to see a pediatrician. I didn't have a pediatrician. So I wasn't getting any of those inoculations that you get age one, two, or three, whatever. And, and so um, I was seen by a female pediatrician who sent me to a male pediatric neurologist. And he examined me, and my parents were very worried that I was retarded. 
And then came like the um, proclamation, is it from God? No, he's not retarded. He's aware of his environment. He'll learn to talk. He's just slow. He's very slow. And and I didn't know what environment, environment meant. I thought it was a body part. But I knew it was a well, good thing I was aware of it. Okay. Question real quick, though. Uh, it was a proclamation from God, you said. What do you mean by well, that? I mean, after he examined me, he's, this was his verdict. Okay. The pre-dash neurologist said, He's a moron, basically. Okay, he's not retarded. He's aware of his environment, but he's dumb. Okay, so, basically. So it wasn't was God; it was the, the physician. No, it wasn't God. Okay, no, it okay, was, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, you know, my parents already figured out that I'm dumb. Okay, so to top it all off, they didn't believe in God. Okay, there was no real daycare then. So and they worked multiple jobs. So what do you do with the kid? So they put me in this torture chamber called Yeshiva, which was at that time for Jewish boys. Now I'm sure they have it for Jewish girls also. So it's an old boys, and I'm there from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 at night. In the morning, you learn how to read Hebrew, write Hebrew. You learn about the Old Testament. You learn about Jewish history. There's a break for lunch. And then in the afternoon, somebody else comes in and teaches you what you learn in public school, reading, writing, arithmetic, whatever. So I'm occupied, okay? And I'm the dumbest kid in every subject, okay? And I'm frustrated, but I didn't act out for some reason, okay? And it's not like my parents are running up to say, how come your kid's getting D's and everything? Because they're already told he's an idiot, okay? So this went on for grades one and two. And then it was worse because we moved in a different part of Brooklyn. And now I had to walk four blocks and take a bus for six miles and another block to Yeshiva Rabbi David Leibowitz. So now it's third grade, new kids, new teachers, same result. The dumbest okay. kid in class, okay? And You're second. an atheist at this point. I'm an atheist at this point, of course. So you, you haven't been introduced to God at all or... Well, there, there's courses in, in Yeshiva that are talking about the Old Testament and everything else, but mm -hmm. I don't believe it because look what happens to my parents. How, how are you going to explain to me okay. uh, yeah. that there's this loving, all-knowing, all-powerful God, okay, when all my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins were all murdered? Yeah. There's nobody in my mother's family except for her. There's nobody in my father's family except for, for him. Okay, so how how so, do you explain so, that? Yeah, so was God like gone on vacation, or he didn't give a shit, or you know, he didn't see this? Like you know, where's yeah. this all loving, all powerful, you know, God? So I never believed in God, even though in Yeshiva they're teaching me about the Old Testament. Okay, they're teaching me about Moses and the parting of the Red Sea and all those wonderful you know miracles and stuff. But to me, yeah. this is all nonsense. Okay, yeah. so that's kind of how how I grew up, and. and I was some kind of like goody two shoes also, which was like ridiculous. Like I didn't act out, you know, I, I was miserable. Um, and um, anyway, all that changed towards the end of third grade. Okay. What happened? What happened? The, the person who taught the public school part in the afternoon, Mr. Frank Tandler, okay, uh -huh. said, I need to talk to you after class, okay? And I was worried because I knew I wasn't getting an award for being dumb, okay? Uh, and it was obvious. So he says to me, look, I don't know what's going on with you, but when I call you in class, you seem to have some idea what's happening, okay? But when you take these tests, you're the worst student I've ever had in my entire career. Don't you study for the test? So I told him the story of when I was three, and that I'm dumb. Why should I waste my time studying? And I don't get home till 6 o'clock. There's Hebrew homework for me to do. I got to grab something to eat. I got to clean up, make my lunch, Okay. Why should I waste my time studying? Okay, what's the purpose of that? Okay, mm -hmm. so he looked at me and he said, "Look, you're not dumb, and and I don't want to hear about your schedule and study for the test." Okay, 
So about 10 days later, he announces there's a <laughs> nice. test. <Okay. laughs> about 10 days later, he announces there's a test. And then in a loud voice, directly to me, he says, hmm. look, I don't want to hear about your schedule. Do you understand English? Okay, there's a test tomorrow. Study for the test. Do you understand English or is English a second language for you? Okay. Hmm. And that kind of hurt because all the people in our class who are like hmm. me, parents of immigrants. And my father had a, a tough time with English. Okay. Uh, he would say Wednesday, Wednesday, okay? And the W would be V and add an extra syllable there. And and he had a tell My mother was terrific in languages. But, English you know, is, is ridiculous. No, yeah, right, no. I, right. so, I, I don't so, even have it, so. Right, right. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I went home and studied for the test and got an A. Who the hell knew, okay? Hmm. Then I got A's and, and all these things. Like, you know, suddenly, like, the light bulb went off. Like, I'm not in the moron, okay? Huh. Or, you know, yeah. and, and so, you then, can do so this. then... Right, I, I can do this. So then the next next year, I was getting all A's, and then I heard about SP, Special Progress in Public School. You take a test in sixth grade, you do really well, you go from seventh grade to ninth grade, you skip eighth grade, and for me, having one less year of school was like winning the lottery. Like, what could possibly be better? <laughs> to every kid. To right? every okay. kid, Paul. <laughs> I was going to let you know. <laughs> so, anyway, so I convinced my parents... Um, that I should go to public school was already a win because that was nine to nine to um, to three. Okay, mm. but the other part of the coin here is every one of those teachers that you see that had dark hair like me, and when I get the answer wrong, I get smacked over the hand with a ruler. So I've got little scars on the top of my hands, you know, beating the crap out of it all the time. Okay, and, and it was it was horrible. Okay. And I never complained. I never acted out. It was like kind of like I was alone you know, by myself here with this. Anyway, so I, I talked my way into public school in fifth grade, okay? And then I had a teacher there, also with dark hair, who um, hated the boys. She was some kind of pervert. She hated boys and embarrassed all the boys and loved the girls. So get this. So I, I get an answer wrong. Okay? Why is it? I got to know. Why does that make her a pervert, though? Well, listen, okay. Okay, there's more. Okay, but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Okay, so I, I, she had, calls me in, in class for a question. I get it wrong, and the next remark out of her mouth is, "This is a direct quote." Okay, listen, you have to stop thinking with your penis and start using your brain for the change. Oh wow! And I was like mortified. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fifth grade. I'm, I'm, I'm nine years old. Whatever the hell I am, or ten years yeah. old. Okay, uh, and, and so finally, I got into the smartest. Uh, sixth grade and i had miss hammer who was a blonde and for the first time nobody was beating the crap out of me or embarrassing the crap out of me it was just normal school okay so fast forward i i, I have this again I, I had two things going for me i had this great memory that i didn't realize until i got sick i'll tell you about getting sick later so i'm an intern at king's county hospital in brooklyn new york and uh -huh. there's this genius dr howard lyons in charge of pulmonary lung disease uh -huh. i need to think a little bit differently okay the, there's a hierarchy. The lowest is the intern, then the resident, then the fellow, then the attendant, okay? You know, the lowest person presents the case, and he reads his note, okay? So I'd be an intern. I have three or four admissions. And the next morning, at morning report at 8.30, I'd have to present these three cases or four cases, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But he did things differently. Normally, again, the underling reads his note. He took the chart. He said, if you know the patient, you don't need the chart. Okay, you're supposed to know everything on this on this chart, okay? So I'd have three or four admissions, and I'd memorize everything, the labs, the history, everything, okay, the vital mm -hmm. signs. And nobody else really could do it. They'd kind of cheat and say, well, um, the labs are all normal except for this, this, and this, but I memorize all of them. 
Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to show off. It was just, okay, this is what you want. That's what you got. Okay. So um, I, I got a letter of reference with this guy to yeah. do a pulmonary fellowship at Mass General, Harvard. Uh-huh. Okay. So what I'm color was his hair? What color was his hair? White. White. Okay. He was old. He was old. Okay. <laughs> right. so, okay. so, so anyway, so I'm there on the ward the first time, and, and there's eight patients that the pulmonary service is following. So thinking I'm supposed to memorize this because this mm-hmm. is what the executive of Brooklyn. This is now Harvard, Mass General. So you got Harvard. smarter. You you were able to do things. And you were, you got a lot smarter. Right, right. Yeah. I'm smart. I'm a smart guy now. So okay. w- when did the God part come in though? You, so we're atheists still at this point. I'm an atheist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we well, still we still have the same question: Where is the all loving God? And miracles are nonsense. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. That's my belief. Okay. So but what I, what was that? We're getting to that moment. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. Just make okay. sure we're getting there. <laughs> uh, we're getting there. So, so anyway, there's eight patients thinking I'm supposed to memorize this. I get there two mm-hmm. hours beforehand and go through this and memorize everything on his eight patients, which is a tremendous memory. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I meet the attending Dr. Hales, one of the wards, and I walk over the chart rack and hand him the chart. And he looks at me like I'm crazy and says, look, I don't know if you know what's going on here, but I'm the attending. I'm your superior. You're supposed to be presenting the case to me. I'm not supposed to be presenting the case to you. So, I, and then I explained to him what Dr. Lyons said. He knew Dr. Lyons, and I'll tell you why he was a genius in a second, okay? okay. And I said, this, this will save you time, okay? Because you can go through the chart while I present, and then you can write your note now instead of coming back and writing notes. So it'll be easier for you, okay? Yeah. Here's why Dr. Lyons was a genius, okay? I'm going to step back a little bit, okay? He, he's pulmonary. He's not OBGYN, okay? And... He had like these super superman powers of observation. So he thought that women who were menstruating were breathing differently, whether they're on their estrogen phase or their progesterone phase of their cycle. Yeah. Okay. So he brought in a host of women who were menstruating and tested them. And it turns out they're breathing more during the progesterone part of their cycle. Okay. Why is that important? Yeah. It's important because there's something called central sleep apnea. You've probably heard of obstructive sleep apnea which is an overweight people treated with CPAP, okay? It's very common, okay? Hmm. Central sleep apnea is worse. You don't have a signal to, to breathe, so you have to have a tracheostomy tube put in your neck and be connected to a ventilator at night. That okay? sounds awesome. Well, it's, it's, it's awful, okay? And not, <laughs> not only that, but um, the, the patients frequently move at night, so the hole in the neck gets bigger, it gets infected, then it has to get plugged during the day or there's no air going through the vocal cords, they can't talk. Yeah. Well, this, this Dr. Lyons tested all this, and he realized that progesterone is a respiratory stimulant, gave all those patients, men or female, um, a pill of progesterone to take every day, and voila, no more pancreastomy, no more ventilator, done. Hmm. Hmm. That's that guy. Yeah? So he, he's the smartest guy I ever met. When I when I get angry with my wife and we start arguing, I, I keep telling her she's no Dr. Lyons, but then again, nobody is. Okay? So, whatever. <laughs> yeah. so, so anyway, Dr. Lyons. Uh, <laughs> right. So we're now uh, uh, I'm a pulmonary fellow, and uh, we finally get to the ICU. Okay. And I had been to the ICU uh, a couple hours beforehand, but there was a shift change. So it was a different nurse. So Dr. Hales is on my right. I'm looking straight ahead. I'm presenting the case from memory. Okay. And it's a complicated patient. The patient's on the ventilator. There's ventilator settings every hour, vital signs every hour. Okay. Tubes coming out of every orifice, whatever. And as I'm presenting the case, I see the back of this nurse's head and it's blonde hair. Okay, so I'm tracing the long blonde hair of this nurse as I'm presenting the case. Okay, and I'm thinking, okay, the width of her shoulders is wide. She's not fat. And then she turns around, and I see her face, and I stop. 
saying to myself, oh my God, what is this doing here? This is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Okay, what is this doing here? And, was, you know, and I hear Dr. Hales in my radio saying, listen, you want to tell me how this patient got in the ventilator, you know, or pulmonary, that's what we're here for. Basically, we're not here to stare at women, okay? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the next thought was, pulmonary, who gives a crap about pulmonary? Look at this one, okay? Anyway, we're married 41 years now. That's my yeah, wife. Yeah, okay? <laughs> and, that, and that's the beautiful blonde in the, in the book, okay? Yeah. That's, the other character in the book is the crazy physician having these episodes of weirdness, okay? And then there's this person, okay? The only thing that's different about the book and real life is um, she's the one who believes in God, okay? She's a, she's a devout Catholic, okay? Uh, and in the book, she doesn't believe. And I'm the one who's, who believes in the book, okay? Now, here's what happened with, with this, okay? Eventually, um, you know, I, I'm shy with women, okay? I, I'm, you know, I don't know if it's because I went to elementary school with boys or whatever the heck it is, who the hell knows, but I, I'm, I'm not a ladies' man, okay? So it took me a while to ask her out, and eventually I asked her out, and, and uh, we were out uh, in Boston, and we're at a restaurant, and as we're sitting there eating, in comes um, a, a young attending in pulmonary, who fancied himself as a ladies' man, okay? He's like three or four years older than me, okay? And he sees us there. And the next day, uh, I see him at work, and he says, look, how did you go out? You know, how did you get him to go out with you, okay? And and I said, well, like, kind of like the normal thing, like, you ask somebody, and if they say yes, you go out, okay? Very it works, okay? <laughs> and, and he says to me, well, didn't you see the engagement ring that she had? I've been asking her for months and she's engaged to somebody else in the hospital that I knew, okay? And I looked and I never saw the ring, okay? I'm not asking somebody to go out who's married or who's engaged because why would I get, why would I get shot down? Okay? Why would you get involved in something like that? Yeah, But I would never do that, okay? Because I'm shy, okay? And that's how I found out that she was engaged. And the next question is, here's this person who's like the living, breathing saint. Why the hell is she going out with me when she's engaged with somebody else? Okay. Mm. So there's always like some kind of weird, weird thing. And anyway, so eventually, a couple of years later, I asked her to marry me. Okay. Yeah. And she says, I'll marry you if you get baptized. So okay? you're still an atheist at this point. I'm an atheist. Yeah. Of course. During the whole dating thing, you guys never went to yes, church. Yes. And she was okay she, with that. She's going to church by herself. I'm oh, What the hell am I going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> so you got baptized. Here we go. So, so she says to me, I said to her, look, I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't believe in God. She says, that's okay. We well, baptize infants. Nobody's going to ask you anything. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, all right, I get to marry the woman of my dreams. Somebody puts some water on my head. It's the deal of the century. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I got baptized November 4th, 1981. We got married in January 1982. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have time for a honeymoon. Okay. So we planned this six-week uh, trip through Western Europe on URL passes and everything else. And that's where the book begins, okay? It mm. begins on October 15th, 1982, okay? And real life, okay, she's not in the book yet, okay? But in real life, we're on a uh, a bus in Germany, of all places, okay? Formerly, I hit the Germans, okay? Which is ridiculous. Uh, and and uh, we're going to see Neuschwanstein, which is this castle that Ludwig II built in the 1800s, all right? Mm. And um, in the middle of nowhere, the bus stops at a coffee shop. Okay, and everyone gets off. Obviously, the coffee, the people at the coffee shop paid the bus company to stop there. Okay, mm-hmm. everybody gets off, including my wife, eat something, drink something, use the restroom, except for me. 
and I didn't feel, feel like having to do any of these things. And across the street is this church. And again, I didn't believe in God, but you know, sometimes they're nice to look at. What the hell? You know, hmm. you know, they're nice buildings, okay? And I didn't know the story. It was called Tears Church. And hmm. why is it called Tears Church? Because they had some kind of ugly stick figure of Jesus being scourged. Okay. Hmm. And they used to use it on the Good Friday procession, but everyone agreed this is ugly. So they tossed it in the barn for a couple of decades until somebody realized there were actual tears coming from the eyes of Jesus in this thing. So they built this church and put the altar. So I walk in there, and, and it's a Catholic church because there's stations of the cross, which I didn't know about then, but whatever. And it's beautifully decorated. The, wheel, the walls, the ceilings, you can look it up, okay? Hmm. But your eyes are drawn to this ugly thing on the counter there, okay? On the altar there. So I'm sitting there looking at this, and then I get this message, okay? It's not like I hear anything. It's like, you're listening to my voice, okay? Uh -huh. And you take and and the impulses in your brain from you know from listening to this interprets it as language. So you get this message, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the way it works. Well, here I'm sitting there and I get a message right to my brain. I don't hear anything. And it was, I love you, your sins are forgiven. And suddenly I was converted. Okay. So you had a thought. It's a thought as if someone's talking to me. The thought you is thought someone was talking to you. Someone he's God is saying to me, I love you, your sins are forgiven. I Did he say you. he was God? He didn't know. Oh. I'm just looking at this thing and I get this message. Okay. Oh. So I'm thrilled and I'm all excited now that I believe in God and whatever it is. Okay. And I tell my wife about it. And our, oh. our um, plan was to uh, uh, sleep on a train overnight to go to Vienna. Okay. Oh. That was our plan. So, I, you know, we're checking out. We have jeans and backpacks and sweaters, whatever. It's October. And uh, so I said, oh, you know, let's eat here. Let's celebrate, okay? We can get another train. So I asked the, the clerk at, the, at this very inexpensive hotel, where's one of the nicest places to eat? And, hmm. and he says, well, at the Four Seasons, the restaurant, the Four Seasons restaurant, Four Seasons Hotel, it's one of the best places. So I said, oh, well, let's go there, okay? He says, you can't get in there. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're dressed in jeans. You didn't say sneakers and running shoes. And you need a suit. She needs a gown. And it's Friday night. It's a very small restaurant. You need reservations beforehand. You'll never get in. Hmm. So I remember saying to my wife, of course we're going to get in. If the creator of the universe just, you know, uh, spoke to me and something, you know, uh, and we want to celebrate this, of course we're going to get in. So we run down there, okay? Hmm. And, and um, there's a doorman with a hat, you know, and everything else. And, and um, I, I asked him where the restaurant is. And he said, I'm up the bathroom on the second floor. And then he says, Look, let me grab your backpacks for you. Okay, I'll give them to you on your way out. Basically, we don't allow riffraff looking like you in our lobby with backpacks, okay? We don't need a restaurant, okay? So I go up the stairs, and um, everybody's in tuxedos. The maitre d', the waiters, the piano players in tuxedos. All the guests are in gowns and, and suits, and there's us, okay? So he asks me my name, so I tell him my name. And there's one empty table with a reserve sign on it. And my wife says she saw the reserve sign with our last name on it. I didn't see that. I just saw it and took the reserve sign off, okay? And we ate there, okay? And we had, like, the greatest meal ever that I've ever had in my life, okay? We had hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and entrees and desserts and whatever the hell it is, okay? And then the piano player was playing this song, A Man Like You and Me. So I asked the waiter, do you know the lyrics of this? And he said, yeah, it's a famous song by Michelle Jarrett. And basically it says... We're all slaves to our fate. Rich or poor, you have a fate, and that's it. Okay? You you may have uh, free will to do whatever you want, but it's all laid out. Okay? And that's how the, you know, 
That's where the book got its name, you know. Hmm. You know what I mean? From that song, okay? So anyway, as we're sitting there, she writes this list, okay? And it makes no sense. It has St. Bridget, it has Paul, Stephen, four founders, Marcus. It makes no sense at all, okay? And there's a map of, uh, of Munich that they give to uh, tourists at the train station, if you want, at the downtown area, you know, points of interest. And when you folded it up in your hands, it looks like there was a J at the Wittelsbach family. The Wittelsbach mm -hmm. family was a family from Sweden to Lamb Bavaria for about 600 years, and this beautiful fountain there. So for some reason, we think that the J stands for the name of our first child, okay? Now, we weren't trying to have children then, okay, we're, you know, or, or anything like that, okay? And as we're running there to, to see this, she tells me it means James, okay? Like okay. I'm supposed, and I say to her, well, "What's wrong with John or Joseph? Those are good names, okay? Or Jesse or Jane, okay? or Jesus, or or, or anyone, okay?" And and she looks at me like I'm an idiot, okay, and says, "It's obviously, you know, James." And so we're look, running through this this found to see if there's something written with a J on it, okay? And there's nothing written or anything, okay? And the, the found is a beautiful found, but it's in like a a circle of traffic. And there's like a small sidewalk there. It's around 10.30. And standing there is a little old man, okay? An American with a Southern accent. And I didn't like Southern accents in those days because I'm impatient, okay? I don't have time to wait for the drawl to come out, okay? So, you know, opening that and talk, okay? All right? Uh -huh. so, so anyway, <laughs> apologize to our Southern listeners. <laughs> right, right. So, well, I got clear of that, okay? So he looks at me and he says, my name is James. I've been waiting here for a long time. It's about time you got here. And then he turned around and left. So that's how our first son was named James. Gotcha. Now, so let's let's interest. Thank you for all that. Um, right. Let's back up the train a little bit, though. I want I want to go back to because you were at where is this all loving God and miracles and nonsense, but then you had a thought, well, and now had, all of a sudden, wait, wait, wait. The, did then, we? Then then I, then I had this miracle. Now, the miracle gets even more insane the next day, okay? Where I train, <laughs> sleep overnight, okay? That's chapter one I told you. I well, told let's, 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 pause it. let's pause there for a minute. Let's pause there. So at that point, you have pushed aside, where is the all-loving God? You've pushed that aside, and we are right. now a believer I'm in a, miracles. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer, okay? All, all of that was pushed. I don't understand why all these terrible things happen, okay? And I'm so, a believer. Okay? Did we reconcile that, or did we just keep pushing well, that aside? We just pushed that away until the next day. The next day, I got cured of everything. Okay, I got straightened out, but good. Okay, if you, if you think I got, let's jump out, to that. Let's jump to that. We're getting a little long here. Go ahead. A little jump to so, that. One. So, so the next day, okay, we're on, sleeping on the train, and we'll get to Vienna. It's now dark. Check into a hotel, and um, you know, there's a law in Vienna that you can't have a building higher than St. Stephen's Cathedral, so you can see it from everywhere. So I look at my guidebook. There's a there's a restaurant on that plaza there, and mm -hmm. it's easy to walk there. And, and it's, you know it's on the second floor also, by the way. Okay, and so I, I open the door. It's a regular wooden door with the you know glass uh, inside. And there's a where this restaurant's supposed to be on the second floor. There's a dim light, and I walk up there with my wife, and um, it's obviously closed. So I turn around to leave, and I can't open the door. We're locked into this we're locked in this hallway. I'm a Pomeroy fellow who, who grew up in, in New York City and, and did a, a fellowship at Mass General. There's a law in every single Western country, okay, starting in 1921. What happened in 1921? 
there was a fire in the Coconut Grove nightclub in Manhattan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the people were locked in and they were burnt alive. Mm-hmm. So there's a law that if the place is closed and it's not functional, it's closed, you can lock it. Okay. You don't want robbers to come in and rob the place. Okay. But once you can open the door, you can't lock people in. And mm-hmm. I know this. Okay. So I'm tapping on the window and a man with dark hair comes over to try to open the door. He can't open the door that I opened easily. Okay. Uh-huh. And now, now I'm getting a, a real, a really upset because I think I'm in the twilight zone. What the hell is this? Okay. And then I look <laughs> back at the light where my wife was. Okay. And I see a Christmas tree uh-huh. for about five seconds and that goes away. Then I see an Easter candle for about five seconds and that goes away. And then I see the face of Jesus for about five seconds and I'm petrified and he's not smiling. Okay. And I'm, I turn around and try to get out. I can't get out. Okay. And finally, a lady with blonde hair, here we go, that blonde again, okay? <laughs> I knew it was coming up again. Okay, <laughs> looks over and opens the door and lets us out, okay? And we run out like scared mice. And I remember saying to my wife, look, we're going to the next restaurant that we see, okay? I don't know what Twilight Zone we were just in, but I need to be around people, okay? I need, I need to be on this planet, planet Earth, okay? I don't know what that was, okay? Hmm. So we wound up eating Chinese food. And did she, hate. sorry, did she see Jesus she as well? She didn't see anything. She didn't see anything. Any of that. Okay? So it was, was just you that experienced this right. vision. Right. Or now, Right, whatever it was, okay? Was, now, it, now, was it more in your head or did you see it with your eyeballs? No, I saw my eyeballs. It was as if I'm talking, as if I'm seeing you. Like Jesus' yeah? face. His face. Right. What color Not was his hair? He had... <laughs> <laughs> it's a typical thing of you know what you see with the short beard, brown. Uh, was he white or black or brown? He was white. He was white. He was white. white. Jesus white. is white. That view of him was white. Okay. So anyway, it gets it gets better. Okay. okay. So um, I love it. I don't know how I can get any better than that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so here's how it gets better. Okay. The next uh-huh. day. Uh, I buy a book of saints, okay? Uh-huh. And I look at uh, July 23rd, which is the feast day for St. Bridget, okay? Which is w- one of the names that my wife wrote down on, on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And I can send you a copy of that note because, of course, I've kept kept it. So if you send me your email, I'll send you that. I send you that note, actually, okay? Oh, you're list. cutting out. You... I, I sent I you that, that list, okay? Anyway, I look in this book of saints, and July 23rd, there's a face of that lady who opened the door for us, St. Uh-huh. Bridget. So she was born in 1400 and died in 1473. But I swear to God, she was there to open the door for me on October 15th, 1982. What, what color was her hair again? Blonde. Blonde, not the dark hair. Yeah. Right. So right, what's, right. what's the thing with the dark hair versus blonde hair? Well, again, when I was in school, in elementary school, you feel... So- was it dark hair people are meaner to you and blonde hair people are nicer to you? Well, again, in third grade, you know, all these people were smacking with the ruler. And, and then until I got to sixth grade, and for the first time, I had Miss Hammer, who was blonde. Who's blonde, and that yeah. Was the first year that somebody wasn't. But what about the professor that said something really cool to you? But then he oh, said something mean, anyways. Afterwards, so I guess it kind no, of no, 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 no. He 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 had brown hair, brown hair, you know, light brown hair. Okay. All right. All right. So. So wait, wait, wait. Saw... There's, there's, okay. one, there's one last part of the story. Yeah. Okay? One last okay. part. Here we go. Okay. We made it this far. This, this, is well. not, 
this is not in the book, okay? In real life, I'm driving to work to see patients in the office of a physician on March 25th, 2019. Feast of the Annunciation, okay? The first, the first mystery of the, of the rosary, which I pray every day, okay? The first joyous mystery. And suddenly, I, I don't know how to drive the car or use my cell phone. I'm an idiot, okay? So I stop the car because I can't drive, and a policeman calls my wife, and I get admitted to the hospital. I'm one of fewer than 500 people in the world's history to get this bad awful disease, Hashimoto's encephalitis, okay? There's something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I knew about when I took the boards. And there's two tests that are positive, antithyroid globulin and antithyroid peroxidase. And your thyroid function is abnormal, okay? This is different. The two tests are positive. My thyroid function is completely normal, and I'm out of my mind, okay? So they do an MRI in my brain. The whole brain lit up like a Christmas tree, all full of inflammation. I get treated with steroids, chemotherapy, anti-seizure medicines, because there's seizing, okay? And um, this great immune system is now destroyed, and I'm a moron, okay? I, I basically, I, I have most of my long-term memory wiped away, all my short-term memory wiped away. So I'm in the hospital from March 25th, 2019 until May 2nd, 2019. I come home, I'm still on chemotherapy, steroids, and now I have to write a list of the medicines every day. And as soon as I take the medicine, cross it off, because two minutes later, I have no idea if I took the medicine or not. Okay, and I'm left-handed, so the right side of my brain is the dominant side, and on my right side, I have no right hippocampus and no right temporal lobe. They're destroyed, and those are the areas of of memory. Okay, so you're pretty messed up. I'm a moron. Okay, <laughs> basically a moron. The only thing that was weird is I still remember the medicine for some reason. Okay, uh, and I knew who my wife was. Okay, and I knew how my my, uh, my sons came to visit me. I knew how they were. Okay, but that's about it. Okay. So this went on for two years of treatment. And then since nothing changed, the treatment was stopped, okay? And during this time, I, I called a priest that I knew. And I said, look, I don't want to go to hell for committing suicide, but is it okay if I just stop eating and drinking and let nature take this course here? Because I'm suffering, my wife is suffering, okay? I'm, a, I'm an idiot, okay? She's, I can't drive a car anymore. She has to do everything, okay? Uh, and and this is not a life. And he said, go for it. You know, God will understand. Okay. However, however, <laughs> one, wait, 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 it's better. One, one of the, one of the doctors was taking care of me who actually read the book that I wrote. Okay. And in the book, one of the things that it says, it talks about the consecration of Russia. Okay. Mary, in 1917, our lady Fatima came and asked these three shepherd children, go to the Pope and have him consecrate Russia to my immaculate heart in union with all the bishops, okay? So it's an old story, all right? And in the book that I wrote, I'm supposed to get that done. I'm, the, I'm, I'm supposed to get the Pope to do it correctly with the bishops, okay? Two popes actually did consecrate Russia to her immaculate heart, Pope Paul and Pope John Paul II, the Polish Pope, but never with the bishops as requested. So we're still waiting here over 100 years for this to get done. And in the book, I'm supposed to get it done. And if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, the day after I die, yeah, all the all the nuclear weapons are gonna are gonna fire. Okay, man Sounds built exciting. these weapons. Well, man built these weapons of mass destruction, and the evil one is gonna come and set them off. Now, where did I get that idea? Okay, eventually I get this job in the 1980s. Okay, before I wrote the book, uh, I'm working at Astro Pharmaceuticals, a great 
international pharmaceutical company from, from Sweden again. Okay? Well, hold on, hold on. We, we, we skipped something here. You were sick. Right. How did you get better? It's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, we're getting there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, so, so anyway, getting back to the. It's the last like, one, right? This is a. This, this is, is your final nail in the coffin or the cross, so to speak. Right, right. So, so anyway, I'm working there, and um, uh, one of the things that happened that happens is they market the drug in Europe, and then my job is to try to take that drug and get it FDA approved. So I got to take all their information, these 20, 30 studies on a drug that's already been sold in Europe and basically summarize it so that the person at the FDA can, can understand, here's why it's safe and here's why it's effective. Okay, you make it easier for them so it doesn't sit on their desk for four years because it, it's time sensitive because you only have a patent for 17 years from when the drug was first looked at. Okay, so as it waits on his desk for another two years, they lose money, okay? So I'm, I'm doing that and, and I look at these studies and about five of the 20 would not make it through the FDA. They're not the same quality. So I get rid of that data and I now I've got to put in the new data, you know, leaving that out. Uh -huh. And I'm mystified because the p-value is exactly the same to the fourth decimal point. You know, the whole earth, the whole earth uh, lives on the principle of if it happens less than one out of 20 or the p-value of less than 0.05, it's true. It's not by luck. Okay. Yeah. How they got that number, I don't know. Why not? You know, yeah. Someone, I, I, I have whatever. no idea any of that. We'll have to verify that later for ourselves. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so I, I take out this data, and then the new data is exactly the same, and it can't possibly be. And so I, you know, it looked like the computer just acted on itself to, you know, get this number with a different data. So I, I show this to a couple other computer geniuses and they say, oh, you must have done this beforehand. You must have corrected it yourself and put it in and, and done it. But of course I didn't do that. Okay. So to me, it looked like the computer was just going on its own. Okay. And, and that's kind of where I got this idea. And then a couple of months ago, hmm. something happened with my computer, the same thing. Okay. Uh, I'm sending a copy of my book to you know somebody who's going to publish it okay or look uh -huh. at it okay? or make it into a movie and uh when i send it to him um there's all kinds of uh, commercial stuff on it there's nothing to do with the book or me and you know nobody's on my computer okay uh -huh. in order for this to actually be done they'd have to uh enter the material on my computer and then they'd have to save it under the icon of the book so that it gets you know you'd be asked uh, you already have a copy of this. Do you want to, you know, use this as a copy? And, and you know, that didn't happen, okay? The, you know, obviously the computer... It said did something some, else. It, it, did, it did something else, okay? So in order for me to correct it, I had to take another copy of the book, hmm. save it, okay? And ask me, do I want to save it instead of this thing? And, you know, at the right icon, hmm. and I corrected it. But this doesn't happen. This is not normal, okay? And I'm looking at this and, and whatever. Okay, I've accidentally getting, copy getting, and pasted the wrong thing before too. I mean, it happens. But an entire novel is now deleted, and now it's just a couple of pages. Oh, you deleted it. It was yeah. It gets substituted. Another no. when you save it, you're saving wow. this icon, and Ooh. they're asking, "Do you want it? Do you want to? Uh, you already you already have a copy of this. Do you want to you know, yeah. replace it?" So, what do you think it was? Nobody's on my computer. Okay, and, and yeah. you know, I have no idea. Okay, I mean. So, so Human error is obvious. Obvious. How did I get better? Okay. 
So again, I was down in the dumps. I was going to stop eating and thinking. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, um, one of the people who read the book said, if you really believe that you're supposed to be going to the Pope and having them do this consecration, uh, you can't tell God to you know get somebody else and take a hike. You're going to go to hell. Moses so did it. He was fine. Well, I'm not Moses, okay? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, um, so that's why I'm still alive. So, you know, I, I didn't do that, okay? And then a year after that, uh, I, you know, nothing changed. Part of my brain for memory was destroyed. And it's now April 29th, 2022. Miraculously, my memory comes back, okay? So I can tell you this whole story. I can tell you this stuff when I was one and a half, okay? When I was 17 months old. Okay, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm not talking because I wasn't talking when I was three. Okay, I'm sitting in the high chair and there's plastic stuff and food. And I I'm believe you, to, Paul. I believe you. I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to tell my mother that I'm done eating. Okay, and she's ignoring me, so I'm making noise, ah, whatever it is, because I can't talk. And, and so uh, then I decided to take matters in my own hand and throw the stuff on the floor. Okay, everything you know, the, the drink, the food, whatever. You know, that doesn't get any uh, any attention either. So now I'm trying to stand up and get out of the harness and get out of the high chair. And I fall, fall on my face, slid open my chair, and then, you know, yeah. I want to put the emergency room to get stitched up. That was yeah. 17 months, okay, when I was 17 months. Yeah. Okay? I, I believe and you believe you, you you remember all these 100%. Yeah. No, I believe you believe that. Um, so what just happened was you were, it just randomly came back. It just came back like an instant, randomly. But get this, okay? Get, so, I'll get it. I, I have uh, uh, my my wife is the oldest of nine. Okay, so there's she's got four brothers and four sisters. Okay, she's got a huge family. Uh, her father was one of seven. Okay, uh, anyway, uh, I'm closest to her sister and and her husband Peter and Elaine. Okay, okay, and, and um, Peter's birthday is May second. Okay, you remember these things? Yes. Okay. Yes. And May second, I'll always remember because. I was admitted to the hospital on March 25th, 2019, and I came home on May 2nd, his birthday. Okay? All so, right. Wait, so wait, we're going to get to it, though. But wait, wait, it gets better, okay? The day that, I, that my memory came back, okay, April 29th, that's her birthday. That's his wife's birthday. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you know, coincidence, okay? Yeah, a lot of coincidence. Did you know I, I, I share a birthday with my son and my mom? What wow. a coincidence. I don't think how Jesus is involved or God's involved in any of that. Well, but, how, how, how about so what this? I want my, my birthday is April twentieth. You know who has the same birthday that I have? Uh Hitler. Wow. Yeah, that's famous. Everybody knows that. I think almost everybody. Well, but I, I want to get I want to get into the where do you think this came from? Where do you think the sudden snap back to memory came from? It's a miracle because again, so you when, think when, when you look God at, when is you, involved. God has to be involved because when you take God my has MRI, to be involved. When you take my MRI right now, okay, in my brain, I'm still missing the same parts of memory. I have no right hippocampus. I have no right temporal lobe. Hmm. So the, the 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 parts of my brain that are responsible for memory are yeah. still gone. Well, I still it's can't important. verify your stories. I mean, these are personal experiences, and you can't really argue with a personal experience. It's very say, difficult. I mean, you could. I can send you my MRI. Okay. I mean, you know. Th- I mean, these are, could be just random stories. Your brain's connecting the dots and going to. I don't know. I don't know enough about brains, honestly. I just know that it's very unlikely that the God of the Bible 
the one who let the Nazis come in. Right. The one who's letting his favorite people right now be slaughtered. That's the guy that gave you your memory back? Yeah, that's the guy. And he, here's here's one of the, 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 the um, things that I learned, okay? I used to think before when I didn't believe in God that the world is a sewer, okay? And that's why it's a good thing to be able to swim with your head out of the water, okay? <laughs> and all these terrible things are happening every day, okay? As we're, as we're talking here right now, somebody's getting raped in Brooklyn, okay? Mm. Somebody's getting murdered. Somebody's getting assaulted. Okay, uh, you know it's four murders a day at some point. Six murders a day in Brooklyn, or whatever the heck. So how do you how do you connect? So how, how, how do you how do you arrange all that? Well, here's the way that I look at this. Okay, and maybe it's wrong or whatever. To me, I feel like I've been fighting hand to hand combat with the evil one. Okay, and that it's the evil. Like people are not all that. Like I used to think people are just mean, nasty, and disgusting. Look at the terrible things they do to each other. Okay. But I, I've come to a di completely different conclusion now. There is something called an evil one, and, and that's the person who oh. eggs on the people, who, who gives, who gets, the, gets in your, gives you the thought, "Hey, why don't I rape that person? Why don't I mug this guy? Why don't I do this?" Okay. So it's, now it's we've not... gone from there. Uh, where's the loving God? The loving, uh, the, the loving bad God people. Is... We've gone from the bad people to now it's a bad being. It's, a, it's, it's still it's the a same problem. Thing. Where's the loving God? It's it's still the same issue. Well, well but but I, but I think what happens is that there's two of these all-knowing, all-powerful, all whatever the hell in this world. There's God, okay, uh -huh. and then there's the evil one, okay. And here's who an made the evil one the way he is? Got me. I wasn't there. God okay. made it, the evil one. Oh, no, God didn't make the evil one. God. God has nothing to do with the evil one, okay? Uh, you know, th this is just part part of my reality, okay? I'll give Where you did the evil one come from as part of your reality? As, as far as, he, I don't know where he came from, okay? Uh, you know, there are thoughts is that he would- Is God all-powerful in your reality? In my reality, God is all-powerful, but there's this other so, thing that's also powerful too, okay? But and here's, God is all-powerful though. Hold on, hold on, Paul. Hold on, Paul. Like, I, I, I want to understand this. I want to get this. I want to be on the same page as Paul here. So we've got an evil, powerful entity, and we've got the supremely powerful, good entity, right? We've got these two different things. Let me give you an example. Hold on, hold yeah. on. I don't want. To, I just. I just, I just want to power through yes. this real quick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's two powers in this world. There's God, gotcha. and there's and God the is more powerful than the evil power. Correct. He's more powerful, but but the point is, as far as I'm concerned, as far as me, I'm on the low end of the totem pole. I'm the object of both of these. He said he loves you, right? The God of he the Bible he told you he loves you, but there's this me, this I'll evil entity that he's allowing. Right. He's allowing to control the world. Let me explain to you. Let me explain it to you this way, okay? Um, God sent Jesus in the world to save us. Okay. So from what? From from hell, from whatever from, the heck it is. So from God. Our, our sins our sins could be forgiven. Okay, so we can go. So to God heaven. doesn't have to throw us in hell. Right. Okay. Right. So, the, so he's saving us up, from we himself. End up, we, end up in, we end up in the right place. Okay, because of that. Okay. However, in order for him to do that, he had to carry the cross. Okay. Why? And the cross because the cross is 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 from the evil one. Okay. It, like you you always have there's always an amount of suffering going on, and it comes from the evil one. If God tells you to do God is going to tell you to um, uh, 
after this uh, to drink uh, some apple juice, okay? God tells you to drink some apple juice. Well, the evil one is going to come and try to stop you from doing that. That's his job. Why? Well, why would God allow the evil one to come in and try and stop me? It's because he's 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 in this world, okay? You know, I would not I would not let a bad guy into my kid's world to try and stop them from doing things. That doesn't make any sense. As a loving, all-powerful being, that doesn't make any sense. That's what I believe, okay? Right, but it doesn't make sense to you. But here's why I believe it. Here's an example of it, okay? (laughs) Paul, though, it doesn't make sense to you, though. Well, let me give you this, okay? Okay. So, again, I I was converted on on, uh, October 15th, 1982. Hmm. Two days before it has October 13th, 1982. And October 13th is a big day in the story of Our Lady of Fatima. It's when she finally tells this three children i'm mary and this is what you're supposed to do okay we're on a train in germany okay a story gotcha, gotcha. true story okay we're, we're, we're on a train in germany okay and my wife is we're in the aisle it's packed okay my wife is standing in front of me and about 15 10 15 feet in front of her is this crazy guy with a knife waving it and they're screaming at him in german okay and suddenly he goes down the aisle towards my wife now, a normal reaction might be, I'm going to jump out of the way. She sees this. She'll jump out of the way, jump on somebody's lap, and let the guy through. Hmm. But that's not what I did. I grab her by the shoulders and throw her on the lap, some guy on the left, okay? And then I keep my weight on her so she can't stand up. There's no way this guy could get her, okay? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my whole right side is, you know, is open for this guy to stab him, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm in the aisle. Because she's taking up the space there. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, he goes by and doesn't stab me and goes into the other car. And, God and, protected and, you. Whatever, okay? So anyway, I let her up, okay? And this is St. Mary Beth. This is the person in the book, the, the perfect woman, okay? She doesn't even say thank you, okay? And for the life of me, I, I, you know, if you carried her bags from the grocery store to the car, she'd say thank you. Here I risk my life for her, and she doesn't even say thank you. Like it didn't happen, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I pray to God, and you know, this is after October fifteenth. The next day, two days later, was October fifteenth, and I believe in God. So, you know, I pray years later and say, explain this to me, God. How is this? You know, like like there's nothing out of this person, okay? Like you know, I risk my life to save her, and there's there's not even a thank you, okay? And then I got this disease, Hashimoto's encephalitis, and then that was the answer. It's wiped out of her brain, immediately wiped out of her brain. She didn't say thank you because she doesn't know about it. Didn't happen in her brain. Okay, huh. that memory of that of that memory of that event is not part of her brain. Okay, so how does that explain the the evil in the world? Well, again, I used to think that you know. People are just lousy. They're just terrible. They, they just, right. You, you know. used to think that. You change your thinking. You change I that. It's not people. Well, it's an evil one that's doing it. But why would God allow an evil one? I, He's I, all I, powerful. I, Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me in that there's two powers in, in this world. Okay. There's God. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, you may have to suffer a little bit, okay? But you're going to wind up going to heaven anyway. You're going to overcome all this because Jesus... Paul, I'm not us. going to heaven. I'm going to hell. No, hopefully you're not, okay? There's, I, there's I, hope for you. I don't. <laughs> so they hope. tell me there's hope for me. Uh, no, I don't believe. Uh, I, I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. There is no well, saving here, me. Well, well here, here, here's, 
here's the the other thing, okay? I say the Lord's Prayer every day, okay? It's part of saying the Rosary. Why? But, okay, but again, this, now this is complete heresy, okay? I think it's wrong, okay? I uh -oh. change it, okay? Uh oh. So oh, the, you changed the, the Bible. It says in the Bible, yeah, not to change the Bible. In the Bible, yes. Oh, no. Bible, okay? <laughs> so, so, again, it starts off Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yes. On earth. Yeah. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Fine. Yeah. Okay. But then at the end, it says, lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh -huh. Okay. Now you're praying to your Holy Father. Okay. I'm Supposedly. a father. I'm, I'm a father. Okay. Why would you ever have your children led into temptation? It's not a game show. If they fail, they go to hell for eternity. Like, does that make any sense? No. Okay. You're, you're talking. You're talking to your heavenly Father again. I'm. I have two sons. Okay, I'm not going to ever say, "Hey, um, this is." We're going to give you a little trial here. There's a little, right. a little temptation. If you get it wrong, you go to hell for eternity. Okay. Right. You wouldn't make a tree and put it in the middle of their room and right. tell them if they eat of it, they're going to die, and then actually punish them for all eternity. Right. You right. You so in my, in my way, I end it like this. I don't say lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because there's no nebulous evil. There's an evil one, okay? And I just say, deliver me from the evil one. That's it. What makes the evil one evil? That's his thing. That's what I don't... I don't. What I, makes him evil, though? Like, what does he do specifically that you know of that makes him evil? Does he hurt children? Does he uh, deceive he, people? He, he, he is, he is the, the direct cause of all suffering... All disease, all wars. Huh. Okay. What about the suffering and wars and disease that Yahweh causes? God Himself causes. What about those? I don't think He's causing any of that. I, I, he I has in the Bible several places. Yeah. There, He's well, He's caused. Well, I mean, the the Pharaoh for one. There's stuff there, all kinds of stuff there, and then He drowned the whole planet. Remember that one? <laughs> yes. yes. I would say that would be evil if if. You know, just rationally thinking about it. Um, so yeah, you can't imagine God sounds like an evil one to me. You can't, you can't Well, again, this story with Noah is very similar to what I think. Uh, well, Noah. but also go with Paul. You know, he's allowing the evil to run rampant. He also created everything and he created the evil being that's running rampant or the force or whatever it is. So I therefore, I go to God is the evil one. He is the one behind all of this. He has the power to stop it, yet refuses. There's a burning I, I, building with a child on the first floor, and he can stop it. But he says, now I'll just drown that kid anyways, because his parents pissed me off. He doesn't intervene, right? Okay. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not smart enough to, to figure this stuff out. Right, but does it make sense, though? If it doesn't make sense, why believe these here's, things, here's, Paul? Here's why, here's why it makes sense, okay? We're... we're uh, all caught up into all these things that we're supposed to be doing and everything else. The main thing is, are you going to go to heaven or not? Okay, this is like a little trial, a little period mm. of time. Okay, to us it's our lifetime. Okay, but in the in, in the infinity of time, okay, are are you going to go to heaven? And and you're going to get there because of His grace. Okay, so He's going to He's wow. going to fix this anyway. Okay, you may have to suffer a little bit while you're here. Okay, like we all do. Okay. Nobody nobody gets a free lunch here without suffering. Okay. It's just, mm. you know, 
is this person being tormented? Are they in pain? Or do they have a brain? They don't have a brain. I wouldn't do that to my kids on purpose. I would stop the suffering. God right. watches the right. suffering. But, but, but again, says, you deserve or need this. Right. But, but so again, the, the, the purpose is heaven. Yeah. So what's in heaven? Okay. What is heaven to you? Uh, you know, I, it's obviously a, a place where um, saints are. Okay. Uh, it's a place Some of the I saints were jerks, so I don't know if that's really a great place. Know. And then God's God's evil, as far as I'm concerned, he's an evil one. So why would I want to go to heaven where there's jerks and evil one? Well, I, I don't think there are jerks and evil ones there in, in heaven, okay? I, I'm hoping my mm. parents are okay. I hope I get a chance to see them in there someday, and I hope I get to heaven. Well, my uh, parents are going to be in heaven, and they're going to see me in hell, according to the Bible. So well, I'm going to be burning alive. My parents are happy in heaven. If they see you burning in hell, how is that really being in heaven? Exactly. Exactly. Well, either they won't see it. Okay? Oh, so the Bible's wrong. I'm going to tell you how the Bible is wrong right now, okay? I'm tell going to quote to you, I'm going to quote to you um, John 21, 15 to 17, okay? Go. All right? And this is actually the reading right around now, okay? If you went to Mass now, okay? Um, and what is it? Um, the apostles are all having uh, breakfast, and after breakfast, um, uh, Jesus asks uh, Peter three questions, okay? The first question is, do you love me more than these? Okay. And, um, you know, uh, Peter says, uh, you know, of course I love you. And Jesus what says, an ego me. on that one. <laughs> feed, 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 feed my lamb. Okay. And then again, he says, do you love me? And then again, do you love me? And each time Peter says, Seems insecure. You, know, you, know I, you know that I love you. Okay. Well, the first question is an impossibility. Okay. The first question was not, do you love me? Okay. The first question was, do you love me more than these other apostles, okay? And the answer to that question is no, he doesn't, okay? He doesn't love Jesus more than John. Okay? Why does Jesus want to hear this? Well, he's, he's, he's basically making Peter the first pope. He's saying, okay, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Oh, did, my oh, now you're the pope. He said, now I dub you the first pope. Right, okay. But, look, I don't remember that part. Question, well, the first question, well, again, it's John 21. 15, 17. I don't remember the word Pope. Well, he's he's basically saying, feed my lambs. You're going to be in charge of the other Christians, Just, the other people. Take care of my crap while I'm gone. Take care take care of the herd. Okay? <laughs> so now he's a pastor or a, a priest or a Pope. So then, well, then it, what happened? Traditionally, he's the first he's the first Pope. Okay. But the point is, in the, in the questioning, the first question is, do you love me more than these other apostles? Okay. Yeah. And I think the person who who wrote this part of the Bible, okay, is basically saying, "Hey, we're going to make this guy more important because he's the Pope." Okay. He, the, the Pope sits on the chair of Peter. He doesn't sit on the chair of Saint John or Saint uh, Joseph or whatever the heck it is. He right. sits on Peter's chair. Okay. So the, the the whole authority of the Pope goes with because the first person who was elected this, who was saying, "Feed my okay. sheep," was Peter. Yeah. yeah. Okay? But the answer to the question, the first question wasn't, do you love me? Okay? Yeah. It was a question that Jesus would never ask somebody, okay? Because he's not going to ask you a question you can't answer, okay? So the first question is, not do you love me? And that would be three times it was fixed, okay? Do you love me? The first question is, do you love me more than these other apostles? Than these, than these, okay? He had just finished having breakfast with all the apostles there. 
And he says to Peter, do you love me more than these guys? Okay? Right, so that's why it's and, wrong. And, and the answer to that question is, number one, is he would never ask, ask, ask that question because Peter has not a clue if he loves Jesus more than John or any of the other. Or any of the other that's problems, it? Okay? That's, that's wait, the wrong? Wait, wait, wait. Oh. wait, wait. Not only that, but the answer to that question is no, he doesn't love Jesus more than John. Okay? Because what happened when Jesus was on the, on the crucifix there, okay? Peter was running for his life. He didn't care about Jesus, okay? The person standing standing at the foot of the cross was John and Mary, okay? His mother, Mary, and John. And from okay. the cross, and from the cross, Jesus says to John, behold my mother, okay? And then he says to Mary, behold my son. And from that point on, Mary was in her, his household, okay? So clearly, if you have to take a pick, of who's the apostle that Jesus loved the most? It was John. And as I they're sitting, it. as they're sitting at the Last Supper, who's the person who's leaning on his chest? It's John. Okay, Jesus's chest. What it's about John. the apostle that Jesus loved that never gets a name? Anyways, so that's the. Never mind. That's <laughs> that's that, it. That's that. That's, that, that's, that's the that, the one. That, that's kind of that's kind of, thing. that's kind of an error right there. And again, to me, saying kind of an error. Saying the uh, Lord's Prayer is wrong too. Okay. Well, you, well, we we mentioned that already. Yeah. It's, so what I'm getting here. Let's kind of wrap it up a little bit here. Thank you so much, Paul. This has been a blast. Um, and uh, so it started off with "Where is the loving God?" Miracles are nonsense. So you had a, somebody speak to you, but it wasn't. It was a thought, and then you saw a vision of Christmas, Easter, and then Jesus's face as a white guy. And then you were healed with your thoughts. And that is why well, we I, pushed I aside. I, I wasn't healed with my thoughts. I was just healed. Right. Suddenly, were, their thoughts came I'm, back. You I'm, were healed. I'm, I'm sick. Okay. Yeah. And again, right now, if you took an MRI of my brain, Man. there should be no memory. Okay. There should but be you know, you know what though? You, you, first off, we can't attribute any of that to Jesus or God. There's no, God didn't say, I did this, stamp it on your forehead or sign it. But then, even if he did do that for you, let's just say God gave you a thought. He showed a vision of a white Jesus and then gave you your memory back and, and healed you. Meanwhile, all the Jews are being slaughtered. That's what I don't get. So, you know what's better? You know what? He's no Dr. Lyons, Paul. He is no Dr. Lyons. Dr. Lyons would probably come in there and try and help you or save you or anything because he's a freaking doctor and that's what they do. Not cause or allow to happen horrible, horrible things. That's where I'm at, Paul. I'm going to let you close it out and uh, say some last words and, and where can we find your stuff? Again, again, the purpose of writing the book, I'm not a writer, okay? And the reason I wrote this book is I was kind of like inspired to write it. Okay. Well, you're an um, author now, Paul. So well, say well, it with me, Paul. You're a writer. <laughs> you don't have a choice in that, man. <laughs> That's what you well, are now. <sighs> but again, when you look at the front of the of the um, of the book, okay, it had and the back of the book, it has a couple of things. Okay, the front of the book has the quote uh, one Corinthians thirteen of of love from St. Paul. Hmm. Love is patient, love is kind. Yeah, end, more like Dr. Lyons, right? less like it always, it, always, it always protects trust, always hopes, and always perseveres, okay? And yeah. the back of it is a baseball batter, okay? Now, why the baseball batter, okay? Well, 
your baseball batter comes to the plate hoping to get a hit. And I don't care how good you are, okay? Most of the time, you're not going to get a hit. You get an out, okay? You're not, your batting average isn't 1,000. It's not 500. It's If you're really good, it's 3 out of 10, okay? Mm. Then you get a hit. The other times, you, you fail. And, and part of it is we all fail. We all fail all the time, and we have to get off the mat and keep trying. That's the purpose. Of, that's why that's there. Mm. Okay. And then again, it says about the author. You can take the boy out of Brooklyn, but you can never take Brooklyn out of the boy. Always a Brooklyn boy. And, you know, I may have done a, a Pumley Fellowship at Mass General, but I'm still from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's from Brooklyn. Oh, Queens. Damn it. Sorry. He's from Queens. Um, no, yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, we all fail hundred percent. And, uh, it, it's what we do after we fail that really matters. So thank you, Paul. Where can we find you at? Um, well, um, you want my email address or whatever it is, if someone wants to contact me or you sure you can give, if you're comfortable with that or a website or where can we find your book at? Well, um, the book is again, it's a, a man like you and me, a supernatural adventure story by Paul Joel. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes & Noble, uh, Ingram Spark, uh, Kindle. It's available as a soft cover, which I showed you, a hard cover, and also an ebook on Kindle. Hmm. Um, and um, uh, if, you know, if people read the book, I'd be welcome to hear the comments. And whether you like the book or you hate the book, that's the only way I learn, okay? Yeah. So they can, they, can, they, they can reach me at sreviews, S-R-E-V-I-E-W-S at emerson.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. We'll stay in that touch. Stay safe out there. That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also find clips of the show on TikTok under BSW the Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash bswthepodcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each episode by at least three days, stickers, shirts, and shoutouts. That's patreon.com forward slash bswthepodcast. For the latest events, BSW swag, including signed copies of The Bible Says What the book, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Next time on The Bible Says What? Yeah, and God will have punishment on the people. No, we are supposed to be doing that punishment. We are specifically supposed to be stoning gay people. That's what the Bible says. Uh... <laughs> I mean, we can't let witches live either. We got to kill those. Do you think witches are real? Yeah, Disobedient children. Difference. We're supposed to stone disobedient children as well. God wants that done. I don't think these are good laws. I don't think these are good ideas. These are God's perfect, holy, righteous, and good laws. Do you think those are good ideas? So, 
Well, no, I, I think disobedience. You shouldn't be doing the things that are evil. Forget it's about the disobedience. Simple. Forget about that. Well, no, let's, I let's can't. Talk about the punishment I can't itself. because without the disobedience, you can't. there can't. wouldn't be a punishment, Michael. That's not so fair. The disobedience is ridiculous. The, uh, but the punishment itself, let's look at that. Do you think... So lying is, disobe is ridiculous. Lying, lying, lying is ridiculous. Lying, yes. Lying is ridiculous. Adultery is ridiculous. Adultery. Don't even get me started on God's adulterousness. Um, who impregnated a teenage kid that was proposed to be married to somebody else? Yeah, God. that's sin. That's what I'm saying. And people God like did that. that. Will not that's sin. Into the he impregnated a teenager. 